Powers on the Super Power Up Podcast, the show that lifts the voice of love from orgasms to superpowers and everything in between. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sex, Love, and Superpowers Podcast Show. I am your host, Tatiana Berende, and today I have with me a very special woman, Asha D. Ramakrishna, and we are going to be discussing the divine goddess in everyday women. So I am really excited for this conversation. I can feel this Divine Mother energy present. This is an important one, so you are in for a treat today. Let me tell you a little bit about Asha before we get started. She is a number one best-selling author of the book, The Priestess Code, Awakening the Modern Woman, where feminine principles are revealed for a more organic and harmonious approach to life. With a background in molecular biology and business development, She breaks all esoteric teachings into practical, logical approaches to living. Asha is a minister of spiritual peacemaking and incorporates philosophies such as feng shui, karma healing, human design, to name a few. She is originally from Venezuela and is part Indian. She currently lives in Harvard, Massachusetts with her soulmate, two human daughters, and a 50-pound Portuguese water dog. Welcome to the show, Asha. It's really lovely. Hi. I love talk. I love that I end my that the bio ends with my dog. <laughs> <laughs> they count. Those little creatures are important too. Totally. <laughs> so I'm going to start us off the way I always love to start us off. I'm going to ask you to share with our listeners um, your superpowers. Um, I would definitely say that compassion has been like my teacher and the thing that I've embodied the most in life. Um, Combined with being that kind of person that is succinct in what I say, kind of like cutting through the bullshit and kind of getting to the heart of things. So it's kind of good that it's mixed with compassion, right? (laughs) Right. Yes. That's a good combo. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't do it perfectly, but, but you know, it, it is definitely a gift. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I really feel like the other piece is that I devote myself to growing spiritually. And in everything I do, really in everything I do, is an invitation to go deeper in that for myself and for the people around me who are curious, interested, or devoted to that. Beautiful. Yeah. I, uh, I'm with you on that one. Everything in life is an is a opportunity for growth and expansion and learning. So um, we were talking briefly before we jumped on the recording here, and Asha was sharing something with me, and I was like, okay, this is what we were talking about today, because this is like this is serious, y'all. This is a serious thing. Um, <laughs> will you will you please share with me just the little, the brief little story? Yeah, share with it, our audience. Excuse, because you already shared it with me. Um, so it's it's really like opened up this whole like floodgate of work um, and like synthesis of what it means to be woman and what it means to be like what you're saying, goddess and everyday woman. Mm-hmm. And it was that I was working with a coach and we were kind of um, dialing in some of the languaging 
on something that I'm going to be offering and just kind of explaining a little bit more about who I am. And she's known me for a while, so she kind of knows my vibe. And she was like, yeah, you, you're all about being compassionate mother, but that doesn't sell. And I was like, wait a second. <laughs> Let's stop that right there. Mm-hmm. I get like, okay, for, you know, it's like so many things, right? Like I know she was just trying to help me and, you know, being that business person, she was just really looking at like, what are the things that really make people, you know, invest, yeah. right? Buy. Yeah. yeah. And what, you know, and then when she said that, it was like, of course I know this, but something about that just landed so like rattling for me. Yeah. Oh, when you said it to me, I was like, oh, hell no. We got to, we got to talk about this because folks, if you're listening to this, this is why I started this show, right? Mm. It was, you know, almost two years ago now when Tonya asked me if I wanted a show and, you know, it's, we've exploded now. It's, it's, it's amazing to see what has come from it. But I had been in prayer before this show started. I had been in prayer saying, creator, give me a way that I can lift up the voices of all these incredible women that I know who are doing this powerful work in the world so that they, they can have a platform to speak, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's what birthed this show into being. And yes, we talk about sex, but we also talk about what it means to be a divine goddess as an everyday woman. I mean, that, that is like such a huge, important part of why this platform exists. So, um, so, so I feel like this is a real, um, it's, it's close to my heart. It feels like a real issue on our, and and it feels like actually a real like core wound for me anyways, in terms of how I understand it. Like it's a core wound at the, it's at the core of our culture. Totally. It's at the core of like all of the. Well, I won't say all, but like a vast majority of the issues that we have in our society at large today, I feel like stem from this core wound. So um, we are going to dive into this. We do have to go to a quick break. Um, And before we do, will you please tell everyone where they can go to find out more about you, the book, your work? moving forward. Of course. Yeah. So I have a series of videos that go through each of the principles in the priestess code. And the link for that is ashaisnow.com forward slash priestess code. Ashaisnow.com forward slash priestess code. And the other way, which is really fun for people who love podcasts, is that I do have a podcast called Women on Purpose. Yes, and I got to be a guest on that show. That was yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. All right, so check her out, Asha D. Ramakrishna. We're talking about the divine goddess in everyday women. Stay tuned. More when we get back. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer learning, intensive one-on-one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master 
master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the superpower net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. Okay, we're back. You know, I was, I was just uh, reflecting for a moment there on how this feels... It feels like this conversation, like there's something um, in the synergy between the two of us in, in the information that wants to come through when you and I come together, because I'm, I'm feeling us sort of on the, on the verge of a very similar conversation from what we had when I was on your show. So yeah. I, I just, I'm, I'm like, I'm aware of that energetic and it's powerful and it, and it feels like there's a, there's a voice that, that, that we're both carrying around this divine motherhood, right? Um, yeah, I mean, it, when, when, you know, when that word, that wording, those words that she said to me really landed, you know, I mean, I'm at a place in who I am that I am not going to sugarcoat who I am, what my superpowers are, or what I'm about. Like, I just don't. My everyday life is like, this is me. And because of that, obviously, my livelihood kind of depends on that too, right? Mm -hmm. And so here's somebody saying, analyzing very objectively my messaging and saying, yeah, that's not going to sell. That was like, it was, it was such a stopper for me because it was a both like, oh, uh, okay, we need to first change the conversation around this. Like, what is it about us that perceives compassion and motherhood as not as valuable. Like I, I said to her, I said, oh, so we really don't have a society that values putting um, the most sacred woman that we know on retainer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Um, what, so I'm really curious what your, I mean, I don't know how recently that happened. Um, but I am curious to know what your process with it has been since and moving yeah. forward and what it's catalyzed for you. Um, I think I'm still in synthesis of it because it, it did recently happen a mm -hmm. couple weeks ago. But I think that what it really turned on for me was more conversation about like what what's going on, like like putting it out more publicly and saying what's going on that we're not valuing these pieces like that more saying like this is not OK. Like, yeah. let's take a look at ourselves. Why don't we value this? And because we don't value this, what does that mean for most of us who has some aspect of this that's living inside of us, right? So does that mean yeah. that because we don't value this thing, we're kind of keeping it a little bit more cloistered, we're keeping it hidden, we are... Um, you know, it's just, we're not out with it. We're not out with it because a whole society is not valuing it. Therefore, we're not valuing it, not just in ourselves, but also in another. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, where, where my mind immediately goes is like, what, what is the cost of that? You know, what are we losing because we are not placing value on that? I mean, we can see it all around us. This is, um, you know, as you know, anyone who listens to the show knows I've done a lot of work with indigenous people for many, many, many years. And, um, and there's a direct correlation here between, between not valuing this, this divine mother aspect of our nature 
and also not valuing, not, not placing a, a, an equal monetary value on like natural resources mm-hmm. um, or, you know, not, not using them as resources, but nature being untouched, being of value. Right. Um, I, all of the elders that I have worked with, like there is a direct correlation here with what's happening on our planet, what's happening to the environment and what's happening to our relationship with that, that divine mother energy within us. I, I recently had a conversation with a woman in Mexico who is um, a part of this free seed movement. And um, I don't know if you, you, you know anything about this, but it's basically like what we were talking about was that everything is, there's, everything's a commodity in our culture, right? Like even down to seeds, we have big companies that have decided that they take, they can have ownership of seeds and even every, every system that we buy into related to seed and food, there's, there's a system in place. Mm-hmm. And so what happens when we look at sourcing free seeds? Like what that really means, like when I look at the title of your show, Sex, Love, Superpowers, the essence that I get from that is freedom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and when I think about the invitation of this this lack of value that we have for motherhood and compassion or nature, what I think is that there's a part of us, each of us that isn't free. Yeah. You know, it's, it's fascinating that you brought up the seeds because it's like, we don't even think that that's an issue. I mean, most people don't even grow their own food anymore. So it doesn't, it's not even something that comes into their consciousness. Right. Although there is now more of a movement towards backyard gardening at least, but like, we don't even give a second thought to the fact that we have to buy seeds. It's just like, Uh sure you go and you buy seeds, but I just like for anyone listening to this, just to draw sort of a correlation of how kind of fucked up that is. Like, imagine if you had to buy sperm to make a baby. Right. That's kind of what we have done with, with this, like what we have in place right now. I mean, and essentially we do have that system where we can buy sperm. I know that exists too. But like if you had to. Yeah. 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 Like if babies didn't grow unless you bought the sperm, mm-hmm. we'd have a lot less people on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, which maybe would be a good thing, but and it would be more controlled, the kind <laughs> yeah. of people and the kind yeah. of people that we'd have would be more controlled, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because then who decides what sperm gets to be sold and what doesn't? Right. And then how do our own biases for what we think are, uh, m- more, valuable attributes are and are not. And if we're looking at a system that's already has privilege and marginalization, then yeah, at a survival place, we're going to choose attributes that are going to be more, more favorable to the well-being of this person that we're incubating. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, I feel like we could go off on a whole other trajectory of that conversation. So I want to, I want to bring us back to this, uh, this concept of, you know, for anyone listening to this right now, like what does it mean to be carrying the divine goddess within you? And um, PS men carry it too. But, you know, from your understanding, like what is, you know, you've written this book, the priestess code, like what's, 
what have you come to in your journey and in your studies and your work with people that you can really encapsulate for us as an understanding of what that what that looks like, what that what that feels like, what that means? I think I mean the the principles helped me to begin to deprogram from the societal constructs of what it meant for me to be a human, a thriving human being, a, a woman that was on purpose. So the principles kind of began to do that. And they do it in this kind of way that you almost like you don't know what's happening because they're so organic. Like the first principle is you are a seasonal being accepted. And so I spent two years kind of sitting with that. Like, what does that even mean? And what's the value of that? Like, what's the value of winter? What's the value of going through each season? Isn't life just about like moving up the corporate ladder or just achieving success after success? I mean, isn't that what it's about? And like, what's the value of pausing and integrating from one season to another? So that was like a whole, like my life changed from those principles. And what started happening, you know, this is like I'm, I'm over a decade in with working with these principles, right? And what started happening was that I started looking at different Dharma types or different archetypes as, as aspects of the divine or aspects of what we hold as something beautiful that we connect to and, and bringing those, those Dharma types, those archetypes into existence in our day-to-day life. Like for instance, right now, even though it's taken me years to work with the goddess Kali, I am now working with her. I love her. I, I know. And I you know love what? Her. <laughs> and for years I had this like admiration and she was like coming to me in meditation when I was pregnant with my second child. So I knew there was something there, but I was so afraid of her. Mm-hmm. And um, until recently, I, ha- I did an interview on my podcast of a woman talking about her, and there was something about the transmission that she offered in that conversation that softened and removed my layers of fear around this. And now that I'm doing mantras and have a devotional practice to her, what I'm not afraid anymore. I do see her as the beloved, but I do see those aspects of her that maybe culture and a part of me being a part of culture didn't really understand, right? Like I didn't understand fierceness with combined with consciousness. Mm -hmm. Like I I didn't understand what it meant to, I mean, I did, but, but there was, there's a new level of truly surrendering to our highest truth. Yeah. For anyone who's listening right now, and if you're not familiar with who Kali is, Kali is a Hindu goddess, um, and she is the she is the one who is pictured with many arms, each carrying a different um, tool or weapon, and she usually is wearing a necklace of skulls and standing on the dead body of her lover. Um, who's <laughs> right, if that's not scary off. enough. <laughs> <laughs> Or she's like eating, ba- like birthing babies and eating them at the same time. Like that's, that's Kali, right? So for anyone who is curious. Yeah. And it sounds frightening and I get it. And really what I started kind of dropping into was, yeah, this whole notion that there are aspects of woman that we accept, 
Now, I'm not going to say we totally value that. We accept that woman is supposed to be nurturing and giving and, you know, all these nice things. We accept it. We don't value it. Like, we don't put cash behind it in the way that it deserves. Yeah, exactly. And I think that I think that is actually a really crucial distinction because I can I could feel like someone listening being like, "Well, I value it, but it's like, yeah, but you're going to pay for it." Yes. Are you going to pay for it like well pay like pay well? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then, you know, there's these other aspects of being woman that are that we can see in this archetype of Kali of fierceness and slaying lies and slaying demons and bringing consciousness and also being able to say no um, to these aspects of woman that we are like, ooh, we have names for that, right? Mm. We have names for women who act like that. Oh, yeah. So we may respect it from afar, but we don't value it as like, yeah, this is sacred also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, that was for me, like one of the biggest teachings when I started to work with, with Kali energy. And this was years ago when I was on the big Island of Hawaii, when I was kind of at the beginning of my, um, my journey, she was such a huge, powerful blessing for me to, to really learn to embrace and understand the value and the potency of honoring darkness and honoring mm. the shadow. Mm-hmm. And and it, like what you said, like it's all sacred. And if I'm going to walk around preaching love, love, light, and unity, especially unity, but I can't look at the shadow and call that also sacred. There's something wrong with my perspective. There's something well, that it doesn't to- have quite the same gravitas, and it's not going to have quite the same level of depth. Yeah, like your own personal transformation, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're we're missing like a whole aspect. I mean, just to use the seed analogy again, like if the seed cannot sprout without darkness, right? It will not grow without darkness. And so, and 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 what I've seen in the spiritual community is is like if I'm having a hard moment, I was just talking with someone. It's so interesting. The last interview that I just had, it must be, it must be in a theme. Um, I had this beautiful uh, man, Scott Katamis on, and, and he was sharing his superpower actually was also compassion. This was the Aww. last interview I just did yesterday. So, um, but he, um, and, and, but we were also talking about this phenomenon that, that you see in the spiritual communities where it's like, if someone's having a hard moment or a difficult emotion, like that's not okay. And there's something mm-hmm. wrong with them. There's some miscreating that they've been doing. Um, yeah, judgment, right? Bringing yeah. judgment to a, a a a human fire moment. Yeah, um, I am curious. You were mentioning these principles that you've been working with for the past decade. Would you be willing to share with our listeners what those principles are? And I mean, I'm guessing that they're outlined in the book, but they I'd are. Yeah, yeah. So the first one that we went over is um, your seasonal being accepted. And that's about radical acceptance of the moment and paying attention to the seasons. The second one, which is very Kali, Shakti, Shiva, is deconstruct and construct it as your nature. So you better believe <laughs> I spent a lot of time doing shadow work and really kind of getting a sense of like, what, what does this mean? And what's an elegant process to 
take ourselves through in doing shadow work? Because one of the things that I also know is that we can get lost. Oh yeah. We can get stuck in a shadow for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We can indulge it. We can go too far into that, into that side too. And maybe that's why the spiritual community has a, a a fear around it, right? And I think there's a way to have reverence for it without being so afraid of it. For sure. Uh, and then the next one is you are here to be the highest form of who you are, nothing else. Love that. And it's really about working on your own stuff, working on your own vibration and working on, you know, what, what, like taking full responsibility for what what you bring to the table, right? Like what mindset you bring to the table and also not not thinking that I have to be or do something. It's more it's yeah, it's more about being. Like who am I being? What am I being? What's my essence? And then kind of accompanying that, the next one is compare yourself to no other. Doesn't need explanation, right? Yeah, but that, it's easier said than done. That's a big one. Right <laughs> yeah. Especially if you're on social media. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. And also because, you know, what we're talking about is that because we, we are smart enough to know that we're being judged all the time, mm-hmm. right? So this judgment thing is always coming up. And if we aren't showing up how society thinks we ought to be showing up, there's consequences to that. Like it doesn't that doesn't make it okay, but that's kind of what what we're dealing with at a at a conscious and subconscious level constantly. And yeah. the dedication back to like I'm I need to be me and I really got to keep my eye on my own paper and not worry about everyone else's stuff. Yeah, and I I I, mean, I don't know about you, but I have definitely found that like the more that I'm willing to claim and embody that space, like the the less, like the consequences kind of fall away of being different or other than, you know, Um, because at least for me in my journey, it's been very much like that's an internal, it's an internal space when I'm, when I'm aware of everyone else's judgments and, um, and comparing myself to other people and all of that, like that is like one of the most painful places I can. I know. I know. Cause it definitely doesn't keep you free. Right. Right. And of course, there's all the projections onto, I don't actually, unless someone is actively like being a jerk to me, like to my face saying really horrible things and judging me out loud, I don't actually know what's going on inside someone else's mind. I can make up all sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But I like to say, you know, if you're going to make up a story, at least make it a good one. (laughs) I like that. Um, and then uh, the next one is connect to a sisterhood. It will strengthen you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a really, really juicy one. And I joke that this was the one that I was like, no, please, universe, don't make me work on this one. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, there were so many layers to this. And Why so do you think much- you had so much resistance to that? Oh, my gosh. I think because I just, I don't feel like I had very good... Um, I didn't have supportive sisterhood around me like for a really long time. And, you know, I really saw that the genesis of, of my own wounding, like before, like in this lifetime was a, a disconnect with my own mother. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of set the tone for how I approached different 
um, relationships with other girls and other women. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I definitely noticed where things weren't okay and weren't safe. And what was interesting that as the these principles were calling me to do greater, like, work on myself, um, this gathering women was, was, was what was allowing this work to really come alive. Mm-hmm. And the, when I did the book, it, it really started because I was interviewing women and hearing their stories and what happened. I, I mean, I pretty much received, um, like almost like an instantaneous healing with this stuff because I, um, what happened as I was listening to women's stories and not not being in conversation, but being someone who was interviewing them, I really had to allow a lot of space for them to tell their story. And what happened is that I just fell in love with our collective story. Mm-hmm. And I could see myself in each one of them. Mm-hmm. And I could really like hold space for what they were going through, whether they were in the thick of it or they had completely, um, you know, kind of composted and materialized everything about their experience. It, it, and it was like it was I really felt that judgment fell off of me. And that's when compassion really started emerging from for me in a really, really, really big way. Mm. And I, I will say, like, the honest thing is that I am still working on this because now I'm seeing the layers of what we're needing to heal um, as a collective around sisterhood. I really do feel that sisterhood is a, an enormous portal to being in communion and harmony with the Great Mother. Totally. I mean, you and I talked about that when I was on your show yeah. a, a great deal the wounding there and sort of the origination of that. Yeah. Right. And so even before our time, there's, there's history there, right? There's the whole, it's, it's the system that we're up against. And, you know, we started talking about like, why don't we value compassion? Why don't we want value motherhood? Well, partly is because this, this is contributes to that story of, um, you know, a system that's not really set up to, to love and adore the feminine. So let's do, let's, let's have, let's play a little game here. Um, uh-huh. Let's, let's paint a picture of what, what, what it could look like. I love it. If Thank we you. Did. Um, so I am going to tell you a story of the experience I had of what I really, I could, I sensed and felt that it would look like. I was in Glastonbury in the White Well, um, and there's, you know, if, if anybody has a chance to go there, it, has, it is like the most freaking amazing holy site of all holy sites. <laughs> and so I, I walked in this White Well with a group of women. It was a, a witchy um, retreat, women's retreat. We went in and there's a pool, uh, a round pool. It's all cave. It's lit by candlelight. It's the most beautiful thing you'll ever see. And we all got undressed. We all climbed into the circle, holding hands and singing to Great Mother. And then we proceeded after a couple of songs while people, you know, 
tourists and men and kids and other people were walking in the place, watching it. Nothing about it felt uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Everything about it felt like beautiful and natural and holy. And then we proceeded to help each other go up to, you had to kind of like walk to a second pool and then a third pool, which was deeper. And you know, the object is to like dunk yourself, of course, and freezing cold water. And we proceeded to help each other get up to dunk ourselves and, you know, all the things that come when people are going into super cold, frigid water, right? (laughs) (laughs) And you needed a lot of help coming out of that shocking experience. And then, okay, we all get out and it was a little bit like the whole thing was a little bit rushed. And then we went to the Red Well and did something else there. And then I was just like, I was like, no, I need to go back to that place. And, um, I, someone asked me, well, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going back to the white well. And she was, she's like eight months pregnant. She's like, I'm coming with you. I'm like, all right. So we walk over, we go in, I walk in and I see this guy playing drums and everything about me was like, he shouldn't be here. Like, this is great mother space and he shouldn't be here. And then I look up and the, my pregnant girlfriend's like in the middle of the pool, like dancing completely naked and she looks beautiful. And I was like, <laughs> okay, this looks really beautiful. I get it, but he's really bothering me. And then I walk over to the, all the way on the right corner. And I hadn't noticed this the first time I went in there. And what I noticed was this, there was this altar built to, um, I I can't remember his name, but basically was like the male figure uh, of the area that um, represents like the masculine. And it hit me like in my heart so deeply that the masculine was here in support, Mm -hmm. in support of the sisters coming together to access and be in communion with great mother. Yeah. And that is the best picture that I can paint for you of the possibility that lie ahead for all of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally beautiful. I, um, I couldn't agree more. There's a, there's a grandmother. She's actually she's going to be in in mass in Vermont in August. Um, Grandma Nana Wilma, and she's been coming up from Guatemala for several years, sharing her teachings with with us. And um, she has said that we are in this time where because she works at the Mayan calendar, and you know we had this this great shift in in 2012 from a more masculine dominated astrological construction actually um like the the celestial energies were supporting more of a masculine dominant paradigm for the last you know 2000 years mm. and that shifted in in 2012 and we're seeing this shift more towards a feminine led mm. energetic um but she's really clear that that and I feel really clear also that that doesn't mean that women are here to take over. It means that women are here to step forward into positions of leadership and take the hands of the men to bring them up side by side with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think 
that that is such a huge distinction. I, I like, I feel it. I was, I was thinking about this morning, actually, when I was folding my daughter's clothes and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm thinking about like all of these books that I have for her that are all about, you know, empowered young women. And, and I just keep thinking about like, what about our boys? You know, like, how are we raising them um, to, to feel empowered in, in ways other than violence? Um, you know, what are, what are the resources out there for the, for the little boys, for the masculine to, to be shown, to have some models of what, what that can look like. Um, so I think that's a huge, that's a huge work that we're in right now, collectively. For sure. And we're, we're discovering that, you know, and we're making all sorts of mistakes along the way, but that's, Mm -hmm. that's that's the journey. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And you know, I, I think that the biggest advice that I, you know, the men in my life have asked me about all of this and what I say is, listen, just listen more right now. Listen yeah. more. It, it may not, it's not going to be 50-50. This is not about, you know, it, it's just about you listening more. What has happened and how and what's being asked of you to take a look at. And I know I get that it's uncomfortable right now. And, and I'm okay with you being uncomfortable. Um, yeah. <laughs> like many and of us have huge. been uncomfortable for a really long time. That's so huge. we can help you with that. <laughs> that's huge right there. What you just said is, is being willing to be okay with the men being uncomfortable. Yeah. That's, that's really big. I mean, because I think ideally, especially when we're in like our caretaker or nurturer, like we don't want anyone to be uncomfortable. And yet there's such a purifying fire that comes from being willing to sit with discomfort and, and learn how to navigate it. Yeah. And, and, and listening to, to that part of humanity that, that hasn't been holding the same level of privilege. I, I think there's something really rich there for men in just listening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For all of us, but yes. For, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we are coming towards sort of the end of our time, and I, I want to make sure that we, we've really addressed this topic. Is there, when you, when you think about this, divine goddess and everyday women is there is there more that you feel like needs to be said about that right now for anyone who's listening you know like how to what does that mean how do we how do we really hold that in our lives as women how do we value it yeah i think it's it's kind of the awareness thing is because begin to journal and become aware of like all right what are the parts of the of woman myself and other women that I have kind of stickiness around and what are the parts that I like accept about being women woman but I maybe wouldn't put that value or that that characteristic on retainer right like I wouldn't invest time energy or monies into that and and I think that just by starting by looking at those things like that helps us to to gain a little bit more awareness of how we perceive being woman. And then simultaneous to that, I would say, let's look at the aspects of woman that we really admire in ourselves or in another sister. And what, you know, what are we willing to do to be more free to be those things too? 
Mm, I love that. Beautiful. Yes, 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 yes. And I do want to just speak to also, you know, like there is a huge movement that I'm seeing of, and maybe it's just because of where I'm living, but, you know, a lot more people are, are getting into meditation and, and calming their minds. And, and, um, and I do see that actually as an aspect of the divine feminine, of the goddess rising, of, of people being willing to, to slow down a little bit and to yeah. start to put some value towards that. Um, and while we might not be at the point societally yet where we are paying women to do the most important work that exists, which is to take care of the next generation, um, we're starting to at least value slowing down. And maybe it's time, you know, the one, one of the, the next principles, permission is no longer needed. You are here to create with free will, expand this awareness. And what I feel with that is that, well, maybe it is time for us to be saying, listen, people, <laughs> I am doing the work that um, is very sacred, and I command <laughs> that I be honored for the sacredness of the work that I'm doing. And, you know, if we start valuing it, we, we teach other people, right? Sometimes we do teach other people how to treat us, and that's one thing. Totally. The other thing that comes up for me with this permission thing is, and you know, I, I get that many of us have been doing this internal work and more and more people are doing it. And I do think that it's important for people to look at their own privilege and and become aware of those who do not have the same level of privilege and what are the the decolonizing that each of us can do to start breaking that down not just for ourselves, but for everybody else. What's a, to someone who's listening to this, what, what's like, what's a place to start? If, if someone has no idea what you're talking about, what does it mean okay. to decolonize myself? Um, wow. It's huge. And I, I would definitely, so, that's a whole other show, but it's, it's a whole other show. Um, but one podcast that I can, that I think is amazing. They do an amazing job is, is that's not how it works. Um, these two women that do this diver diversity and inclusion work, and they are educating people on um, on so many at so many levels, modern day how how we do this, like how we hold these positions of privilege and don't look and see or care sometimes about other people who. Um, don't have the same access. I mean, we talk about equal access in education, and I don't think we talk enough about equal access and thriving in life. Right. Totally. That is actually a huge thing that that I've been. It's been in my awareness, and something that we've talked a lot about actually at Superpower Experts about how to make consciousness and these these concepts of consciousness more accessible to people, which is part of why we have this huge network of podcasts. Um, because this is our, our free offering so that people can at least tune in to something like there, there's, it's the information is out there and, and just getting it to more people who haven't traditionally had access to it, I think is actually a huge overlooked step. You know, it's one thing to sit and, and judge someone for not managing their emotions or whatever, but like if they haven't even had access to the concepts that that's possible, how are they yeah. supposed to do that? 
Yeah. Or even if everyone else in society doesn't understand why somebody of a certain marginalized identity would react in a certain way and we're just like, oh, they're angry. No. Well, first of all, we got to look at the history. Right. of how things have unfolded Tam, in right. our world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's it's more, you know, it's bigger and it's more complex than than one, you know, one instance and and I think I think it's key for all of us to take a look at how do how do maybe maybe if you feel like, well, I don't contribute to this personally. No, maybe you don't, but wondering if your ancestors do or wondering if we, what system that we have in place feeds uh, an old um, antiquated way of, um, of business or antiquated way of um, the voices that we give uh, the microphone to. Yeah. If you run a company, do you pay women to have babies and have maternity leave or not? Yeah. I mean, just, to, just to bring it back full yeah. circle, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I want to say thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to, to join us on the show today. It's been really um, covered a lot of ground in this conversation. <laughs> um, as as in in true divine feminine fashion, this is not a linear trajectory. I love it. No, um, but we get it done, don't we? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> so to all of our listeners, I want to say thank you so much for tuning in. If you have not yet um, come to play with us in the Superpowers Are Real group on Facebook, please do so. Go check out the um, programs page. We have some fun new offerings for you. If you go to superpowerexperts.com forward slash programs, there's some really fun stuff there. Um, I want to thank you again, Asha, for for being with us here today. Yes, of course. Um, This has been lovely. And to our listeners, until next time, go out and love yourself so that you can love the world more deeply. Many blessings. Thank you. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.